You are listening to The Gateway Church, located in Ferrisburg, Michigan. You can learn more about us by visiting thegateway.church or like and follow us on Facebook, where you can watch full services, keep up with all that is going on, and get connected. It's so good to be back, and it's so nice to see you guys and to be worshiping together the last couple weeks. It really is great. And today, we're going to continue our quest through the book of Mark. I want to encourage you that if you have a copy of God's Word, the Gospel of Mark, to bring that back. So before COVID, we had given these out earlier in the year. We want you to track with us. If you are new with us, we want you to get your own copy. At the Connection Center, we have extra copies. No charge to you, but what it does, it allows you to walk through scripture and gives you a spot to follow. Let me go early on here uh, where you can write notes and different things. And we believe these little tools are going to become a treasure for you over these years and uh, a place where you can go back and see what God was doing in your life. And so we want to encourage you to be following. And what we do here at the Gateway Church is we take line by line, kind of systematically going through the gospels. And we believe that every single week there's a miracle that happens. One of two things happens. Either God touches my heart and my mind, and I say something that I don't even anticipate. That's a miracle. That's good. That is. Or God illuminates your understanding and your ears, and something I say that is insignificant all of a sudden becomes significant for you, and it's a nugget that you can hang on to. And either one of the two happens every single week that we're here. And it can translate online as well. Now last week we finished up the second major division in the book of Mark. Today we're going to start the, the third division. And we're, it's a summer series in the book of Mark, and we believe it's going to be supernatural. And uh, we also want to acknowledge that these are family services, and we recognize that there are kids in the service and kids on home at home. When you're at home and still doing church online, it's a family service every week. And we want to be able to relate. And I've asked the staff to help me in, to continue to remember that my audience is larger than just adults. And so hopefully today we will simplify a couple things and make a real impact no matter if you're young or old. And with that, the title of today's message is simply the A-B ABCs of Jesus' work. Everyone say the ABCs. The ABCs. It doesn't get more simple than that, right? And before, or as we're diving into these ABCs, I want to remind us that God wants to work in our lives. Amen? The first thing you got to understand is God, He does miracles. And in the Scripture we've been studying, we've seen a whole series of miracles in the book of Mark. It's been awesome. And when we look at these, I want you to relate yourself saying that Jesus wants to do a miracle in your life. And when you hear that, I hope you're saying, I am eligible, Lord. Do a miracle in my life, right? We need that. We've seen it in the previous text in the woman with the issue of blood, Jairus' daughter, right? And then last week we saw that when there's a lack of belief, things kind of halt. But know this, God wants to work in your life. The next thing is that he wants to work in your life through his teaching to illuminate, to help your mind and your heart. And there's a transitional phrase in the scripture, Mark 6, 6b. It says this, and Jesus went among the villages teaching. Jesus came teaching. In this season of Mark, he's teaching and he continues to teach and right until he's on the cross. 
He wants to make that a priority. That's why church is so important, whether you're online or here. It's important to get a good amount of God's Word in our hearts. And then the third thing, and today we're going to see a shift in the book of Mark. And the, what happens is that we see that Jesus wants to work through us as believers. Again, it's a switch, and this is, again, relevant for, for those that are old and to the very youngest among us. People are looking for answers in this season. People are open to the gospel like they've never been before. And we have the answer. It's Jesus. Now, we understand as well that we're in the last days. You just can sense it. You can look at Scripture and see the signs. And it says in the last days there will be those that will fall away from the faith. And so as people are coming back to faith or coming to faith, know that there will be those that will slip away. And it's our job to continue to get the nets out there and make sure that we keep people moving in the right direction. Now, let's turn to Mark chapter 6, starting in verse 6, and we'll start there. And uh, just as a way of background, uh, we're about a year into the book of Mark, not in time-wise, but of preaching, but the, the timeline of the gospel of Mark. There's a big shift here. I already mentioned that. Jesus has been modeling ministry at this point, and now he says, boom, it's your turn. And we're going to see that in Scripture. Let's read it. Mark chapter 6, starting in uh, verse 6, the second part, it says, And he went among the villages teaching. And he called the twelve, and he began to send them out two by two, and he gave them authority over unclean spirits. He charged them to take nothing for their journey except a, a staff, no bread, no bag, no money in their belt, but to wear sandals. And by the way, I wore sandals today in honor of the message, right? Uh, and not to bring two tunics. And he said to them, whenever you enter a house, stay there until you depart from there. And if anyone or if any place does not receive you and will not listen to you, when you leave, shake the dust off of your feet as a testimony against them. So that they went, so they went out and they proclaimed that people should repent. What, did, what were they to share? They were saying to others, repent. What do, should we share? Repent. It's a bold statement, especially today. And they cast out demons and anointed with oil many who were sick and healed them. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you for the simplicity of your scripture, but the challenge that comes. And Lord, I pray that today would challenge all of us here for your glory, for your honor. Lord, we pray that you would illuminate our hearts as we focus on these simple ABCs. In Jesus' name, and all God's people said, amen and amen. Everybody say A. That's better than first service. A means authority. And we're going to see the first thing, that authority has been given to you. Look at it, verse 7. He says, he called the 12, began to send them out two by two, and he gave them what? Authority. A is for authority. Authority has been given to you. And when we read this, we might read that and say that's good for the apostles, but it's happening for you and me as well. But many of us, we may not appreciate that idea. 
Or we may not understand fully what it means to have authority. You might say, if you're a child here, one of the kids from Gateway Kids, you might say, look, I'm only a child. I'm only a kid. Or if you're a teenager here, you might say, I've made too many mistakes. Or if you're an adult, you might say, you don't know my background. I, or you don't know my thought life. And the idea, all of us at one point or another may have said, I am nothing. And partly, you're right. <laughs> it's not about us. It's about who he is. Apart from me, I can, or apart from you, the Lord says, you can do nothing. But the same scripture says, oh, I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength if we only believe. So let's talk about authority for a moment. What does authority mean? It means permission granted. It means who's in charge, right? And God has given us authority to minister in his power. And in verse 7, it says that he sent them out two by two, kind of the dynamic duo. If you look at a parallel passage in, Mark, or in Matthew chapter 10, it lists the disciples in pairs. It says that it was Peter and Andrew, James and John. It was Philip and Bartholomew, Thomas and Matthew. It was Batman and Robin, Snoopy and Charlie, Bert and Ernie. Wait, wait, wait. No. Simon the Zealot and Judas Iscariot, right? <laughs> it, Sherlock Holmes and Dr. Watson, right? You could, like, the, it could go on and on. But it wasn't just that they were sent out two by two. That would have been good for accountability and for strength and maybe you watch your, each other's back. But they were sent out with authority. And that's the key. Permission to do some pretty awesome things things. And I was thinking about it. On this historic weekend, July 4th weekend, it would be an absolute crime to go through this weekend without getting some ice cream. How many are with me? Come on. Ice cream. You scream. We all scream. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. That's good. Ice cream. And I was thinking, you take your family to your favorite ice cream joint, whether it's Whippy Dip where my son works, or it's Culver's, or Killwinds, or Norm's, right, with big old sizes, right? And what, ha what if you said to your kid, hey, you can go behind the, uh, the, the counter there and make your own ice cream? What kid wouldn't want to do that, right? But that's not possible because your child is not, what, authorized, right? They're not suited. They don't have permission to do that. They're not in control of the situation. But if you said, hey, I'm giving you authority or permission to go behind and to do that, what kid wouldn't do that, right? If they didn't want to do that, you'd be like testing them, like, are you feeling okay? Are you sick, right? Because every kid would want to do that. How many of the kids that are here would want to do that? Come on, make your own ice cream. Oh, yeah, I see all kinds of hands. Uh, yeah, and the big kids. I like it. Yes, absolutely, absolutely. And what if that authority wasn't used? It would be wasted, right? It would be of no use then. It would be tragic. 
I was thinking as adults, we, we come, this weekend, I, we, Jessica and I, we, we did something crazy. We decided to paint the outside trim on our house. It was kind of, you know, paint is cheap, and we had some time, and, but man, it's been hot. And I mean, it was, and I've been sore the last two days. I'm thinking, oh, I don't paint every day. My muscles are hurting, using muscles I don't normally use. And it's kind of like exercise, right? Consistency is the key with exercise. Some of you are going to sign up for the, for the half marathon. Can I get an amen? Are you with me this morning? If you are, say amen. All right. Before you leave, lock the doors, right? Or you got to sign up today, right? But if you did that, the first time you run, it's going to hurt. But you do it a little more, and it feels a little better. And I kind of do like running, and, and uh, I'll, I'll put in some miles. And, but, man, I was, uh, I was saying, man, painting my house this weekend, I, I was so sore. I, I, like, rolled out of bed this morning, and I'm thinking, what in the world? I was with a family last night. Jessica and I were uh, with another couple, and, and we were saying, man, being 40 stinks. <laughs> And I used to make fun of people that said that when they were in their 40s. I'm like, oh, I, that won't, I will never say that. And now I'm saying it publicly for the world to see. But the point is, God has given us authority, all right? Track, get me back on track. Authority has been given to you. And if we exercise our authority on a regular basis, then we will be ready to go at a moment's notice. And so I want to give us a little challenge to say this every day. Say, I have authority. Say it with me. I have authority to heal the sick and to cast out demons. Come on, all the kids in the house, young and old, I have authority to heal the sick and to cast out demons. And it's more than just lip service. You've got to believe that. And that sends us into our next thing. Everybody say, be and B is for believe. We've got to believe that God will provide everything we need. We see it in Scripture. In verses 8 and 9, there's a list of what they're supposed to take, the apostles, on their trip. It's a packing list. No bread, no bag, no money. Come on, how many of you can, are with me and you're saying, that doesn't sound like what I would pack for a trip like this? And you're not going to do that on a regular basis. You're like, wait, wait a second. And my thoughts went to planning a trip. If your kid was going to camp and you said, go ahead, you pack for yourself. What is a kid, what's a child going to put in their bag? Just think about it. We've got some kids here. What would you put in your bag? First up, candy. Am I right? Next up, fireworks. Maybe a few pranks and then some more candy. Do you need extra underwear for the week? Absolutely not. You'll be totally fine. And the point is kids are going to underpack, right? They're not going to pack. If you said to your child, I don't care even if they're in high school. My son was here first service. If I said, Logan, you pack for a week at camp, he's going to miss something. We got to, Jessica, she does a good job keeping him on in, in track. But, but then we get to be adults and what happens? We overpack. I saw people at the airport a couple weeks ago when Jessica and I, or when Logan and I went to Florida, had these big old carry-ons or big old suitcases, and I was like, hey, where are you going? Uh, hey, we're, we're going to Florida with you. Uh, how long are you going to be there? I mean, they had like three things, you know. 
we're going there for a couple days. I'm like, what in the world are you bringing? Logan and I, we, had, we didn't even take a carry-on. All we had was a personal item. We stuffed it all in. We were fine. But people, they overpack. How many have ever overpacked for a trip? Come on, yeah, you have. It's all about the what-ifs, right? What if it rains? What if it's hot? What if it's cold? What if it rains? Oh, I already said that. What if it's windy? What if you get an opportunity to swim? You've got to throw in the suit. What if there's a formal occasion? You've got to throw in the back black tie. And what ifs will weigh you down when you pack? If you try to plan for everything, forget it. And the same is true with our lives. When we start to, to share the gospel and God starts to work through us, what ifs will slow you down? What ifs will burden you? What ifs have the potential of stopping you from being God's hands and feet? And the what ifs look like this. All right, I'm going to share the gospel. But mm, what if they're not interested? What if they get insulted? What if it doesn't work out what I say or I lose a friend? Or what if I make a promise that, hey, God's going to do this in your life and then God doesn't deliver? What ifs? And we've got to be careful. And that's when we remember that we have all authority from heaven, right? And God will provide everything you need. That's the belief. So we've got to put our faith and trust in that. In verses 8 and 9, the apostles were sent out with nothing, no food, no money. They were call, uh, called to just go and to travel light because God would provide for them along the way. Another part of that is not just the, what we need in the physical sense, but also what we need to say if we're going to uh, speak up and start to share the gospel. And I just want you to know, or to be reminded, what Mark 13, 11 says. When the disciples were uh, to be brought before the trial, to be delivered over to, the, to those that were, that, why they're on trial, Jesus said, do not be anxious before, beforehand what you will say, but whatever is given to you in that hour, for it is not you who speaks, it's the Holy Spirit. And the truth is, when you decide to share, when you decide to make a difference and, and use your testimony or to, to share in some way, it's the Spirit of God working in and through you. And so let's decide right now to leave the what-ifs behind. Amen? Amen. I love it. As I was talking with the staff, one of the things Pastor Rachel said earlier this week, she said, belief either grows or dies. Therefore, we need to feed our belief. And so we need to exercise our belief. We need to put it into action. She also said, and boy, this is a stinger. This is Rachel. You can uh, talk to her after. She said, if kids do not learn to act with belief in God, they will eventually end up being skeptical adults, not using their authority that they have in Christ. That would be tragic. And we might have some adults that are skeptical and don't use your authority. And I want to get us moving. For the youngest to the oldest, we have authority, but we have to trust. We've got to put our faith in God. And that leads us to the next thing. We've got A is authority, B is belief, and everybody say C. And C is for confidence. 
verses 12 and 13, we see it there. We have confidence that God will work through us. And if that's the truth, then we've got to just do it. Our actions, anything we do for God's glory, will be preceded by God's action. God will set things up for us strategically. God goes before us, behind us, and all around us. Do you believe that? Amen. God has set a table for us. It's kind of like, you know, we can trust God. Have you ever done one of those trust falls where you have someone fall into your arms? The only way you do that is if you trust the person going to catch you. If you ask somebody that you don't know or someone that's a jokester or a prankster, I'm not falling back, no. But if Drew, our new youth pastor, said, Pastor, I got you, I'm going to let Bobby fall right into his arms. I'm going to die all day long. No problem. We trust Drew, right, Bobby? We do. We trust Drew. And Drew's doing a good job. It's confidence. Or it's like, you know, the kid, when your kids are real young and they're getting, learning to swim, and you're like, just jump to me, right? The reason they jump is because they believe that you're not going to let them fall and drown, right? It's a confidence. And we have a confidence in our Heavenly Father to do the same. We often teach kids in kids' church and even in students in, in uh, youth group, hey, it's like always, hey, invite your friends, invite your friends, right, uh, for an event or for a service. And, and, and that's all good. We want to do that. We got camp kids coming up, camp church coming up for the kids, and then there's a youth overnighter coming up. We're like, come on, bring your friends. It's going to be awesome, right? It's going to be great. But then when it comes to adults, and we're like, well, yeah, someone else will bring their kids, right? No, bringing your friends applies to adults as well, and it just takes a little confidence to do so. And I just believe that God might even, in this moment, be laying somebody on your heart that could benefit from our services. And wouldn't it be neat that we come out of this season stronger, larger, reaching more than we ever thought we could imagine? God can do it, and He wants to use you. He wants to activate all of us. But I do want to warn you that when you step up and you say, you know what, I'm going to make a stand for Jesus. I'm going to let my voice be heard. Not everyone's going to respond the way you think they should. It's just the fact. Even in our story, it says, if people don't receive your, your word, shake the dust off your feet. It's kind of like, you know, a salesperson. If you're in sales, if you go in thinking every single person's going to buy what you're selling, you would be defeated, right? It's okay if only a few out of many. Listen, that doesn't mean you stop. You just need to tell more, right? And the, the odds will be with you. And the, the key is to have confidence that what we are going to share, to share God's goodness, God's grace, God will do it for us. And in our story, verses 12 and 13, when you look at that, what does it say? It says, so they went out, they proclaimed that people should repent. They cast out demons and anointed with oil many who were sick and healed them. You might think, well, I've never done anything like this before. Well, you're in good company. The disciples had never done anything like that before either. They had watched Jesus do it, and now it was their turn. And the same is true for us. We've been tracking through the Gospel of Mark. 
God's Word is inside of us. We've been studying, watching, learning. We are prepared. Get out the anointing oil. Get out those essential oils. And let's get busy, right? Let's get to work. Let's have confidence that the Lord will be with us. And you say, well, how can you be so sure? Well, it goes back to that belief, the belief that there's authority, and that brings us back to confidence. It's the ABCs of doing Jesus' work. And I believe deeply, I really do, that we are in a supernatural season. This summer is a supernatural season in the name of Jesus. And let's minister as we bump through this week. Let's make a difference this week. And I was thinking, just dreaming a little bit, what would the lakeshore look like if we all took this message, young and old, to heart? What would that look like? It would be incredible if we learned that we have authority, if we believe that God's going to provide everything we need, including what we say, and if we had confidence and actually did it. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you that in these moments, Lord, you challenge us. Lord, it's good to be here. It's good to hear, Lord, your word. And Lord, I pray that it would not just fall on deaf ears, but Lord, you would challenge us to be people of action. Lord, do beyond our wildest imagination in and through us. Lord, we believe that you want to do it. And Lord, I pray that you would give us confidence as we put our faith in you, as we put our, your authority into practice. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Before we get going, and just hang with us online here for a moment. If you're here this morning, or if you're tuning in, and you're saying, you know what, Pastor, I'm away from the Lord. I need to renew my relationship with Jesus. Or maybe you're online and you're saying, man, I've never committed my life to Jesus. I want to lead you in a simple prayer. It's, we call it the, a salvation prayer. And this prayer, it's not the words that save you. It's believing it in your heart. And as I pray this prayer, this prayer can be yours. So without further ado, let's pray. Dear Jesus, I am sorry for the things I've done wrong. I admit I've made mistakes, but I also believe in you, and I'm putting my faith in you. I believe that you died on the cross. And so right now I confess my sin to you, maybe to others. And Jesus, I'm asking that you would clean up my heart. Help me to serve you all the days of my life. And Jesus, I pray this in your wonderful, powerful name. Amen. Now. We just prayed this. Some of you may have prayed that along with me. We want to know that if that's the case. And for the others that are here and those that are online, I want you to just dare to dream with me. Who needs to pray that prayer that's in your life? Who are you rubbing shoulders with that needs Jesus to touch them, to save them? The responsibility is ours. Not just the leaders in the church. It's for every single one of us. It's the ABCs of Jesus' work. I want you to stand right where you are. And I want you just to ask the Lord in this moment, who is it that, he, that the Lord is putting on your mind? 
that needs to be reached. And I want you to put your hand upon your heart because I believe that the Lord is laying someone on your heart right now. And I would just want you to ask the Lord right now in your own words for Him, for the Lord to help you this week to have authority, to believe that God's going to provide everything you need and that He's going to give you confidence to speak up and to make a difference in someone's life. Hallelujah. Lord, we thank you. And Jesus, as we hold our hand upon our hearts, I pray right now that you would go before us, behind us, and all around us. Give us an incredible week. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. As you're standing here, we're going to dismiss in a little different way. We've been doing this the last couple weeks. We're going to dismiss from the back to the front. And that we're going to ask that you don't congregate in the lobby. If you want to congregate outside, go ahead and do so. We love you. God bless you. Go in the grace of God and do the work of the ministry. Amen? Amen. Thank you for listening to this week's message from the Gateway Church. If you'd like to find out more about our church, such as service times, giving, and ways to get connected, visit us at thegateway.church.